0: Welcome back, friends and loyal listeners, to the Burgundy Blogcast. This is season two, episode five, I think. Pretty sure we're on S2E5. This is Brent from Burgundy Blog. Um, I'm not your usual host. Uh, I'm flying without my wingman tonight. Hayes from Sports Channel 8 is incommunicado, so um, he's on the bench this week. Um, but I am delighted to have with me a good buddy and friend of the blogcast and a very astute Redskins observer, if I might add. And his name is Michael J. Honcho. Mike Honcho. Please, everyone, welcome to the show Mike Honcho. He was a guest last year. Mike, how's it going?
1: It's going great, and it's even better to know that my middle name is Jay.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, it just felt right. I mean, was I close? Uh no. no. But it, okay. it's it's it sounds good. Michael J. Honcho I agree. Yeah, I think you should probably just roll with that, you know, henceforth. I like it. Good. Well, uh Mike Honcho for the record can be found on Twitter at doubleshift eight. And I'm sure after this enthralling conversation you guys are all gonna be searching for that and following him. And of course you can follow me, Brent from Burgundy blog. At Burgundy Blog, and I highly recommend that you do, but in Hayes's absence, Mike and I are going to chat tonight about this game that transpired a few hours ago between the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Browns. We're talking week four. this This was a home game for the Redskins at FedEx Field, and the Redskins uh, prevailed and emerged victorious to even their record at two and two and i'm anxious to hear from mike what he thinks and i'm just going to i'm just going to fire some some thoughts some thoughts at you okay Honch? fire uh, i'm just going to get going here and i'm going to say that you know what we witnessed in this fourth game of the season was pretty much a a mediocre team and i might be uh, being a little generous with mediocre but I'll go with a mediocre Redskins team, uh, hanging in there, and just barely getting the job done over a a flat-out bad Cleveland Browns team. I'm pretty sure they're now the only winless team in the NFL. I think they've got a really good chance of finishing the season with the worst overall record. You know, there have been whispers and rumblings about could they threaten the Detroit Lions from a few years ago. And go winless on the year. And I think, you know, now being on their third quarterback, a rookie mid-round guy, a developmental guy that, um, you know, was certainly not projected to come in and play a lot as a rookie and having a number of other key injuries, including their first-rounder, Corey Coleman, who was like really their, their main spark on offense. He's out. So we're talking about a pretty crappy team that rolled into FedEx today and the Redskins really tried their hardest to lose. And in spite of themselves kind of snatched victory from the jaws of, of defeat. Um, so I can't say that this is a win that I'm taking too terribly much, um, confidence away from, but you know, as they say in the NFL, a win is a win. So you're glad to have it. I guess anyway, you can get it.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the, at the end of the game, I felt like, I didn't feel like we won. I just felt like they lost.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and I think I actually read some something from the beat writers I think saying the same thing that maybe the locker room was kind of like that too. It wasn't a jovial uh celebratory locker room. It was kind of like yeah, we just got kind of given a gift here.
0: Yeah. I I did see that too. I I read in a couple places that it was uh not necessarily a somber atmosphere, but um you know, not not the sort of jubilant uh, environment that they that was described after the Giants game or other recent key wins
1: yeah it was it was a it was a weird feeling I not mean, and uh to me it was just the I think from uh from the offense I I kind of thought the offense looked decent um but the the defense uh I'm not gonna lie I <laughs> I watched a lot of Ryder Cup during our defense defensive <laughs> series, and just kind of went back and forth, and just kind of checked in because it was hard to watch.
0: I can't say that I really blame you. Yeah, the, um, you know, I think uh, I think what we're seeing, what we saw today, is a good example of the recipe for a Redskins win. Probably, you know, for much of of the remainder of this season, and. Um, I saw I saw a few people on, on Twitter touching on this, including um, a guy I really like to follow from CSN, um, J.P. Finley. And he, he wrote a tweet that I think summed it up very well, which is that basically what the Redskins are going to need to do to win going forward, and what they did today is to score plenty of points, um, i.e. probably 30-plus in most cases, and then to be opportunistic on defense and and, and come away with at least a couple, and in this case th- three takeaways or more. And I really think that's what it's going to take because the defense is just not good at all. I mean, and this is how they've been. This, is, this was the Redskins' defense last year, and they showed that key graphic, if I'm not mistaken, that the Redskins lead the NFL in recovered fumbles, in defensive recovered fumbles since the beginning of last season. Um, and you know, that, that tends to be a pretty, I mean, I don't know if that's a random uh, statistical category, but you know, uh, not a sustainable one, probably. I mean, I, I'm sure they're, they're coaching right. the heck out of that in practice, you know, strips and recoveries and yada, yada. And and so it's working. So certainly, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pleased that they're getting these fumbles. I, I, I think it would be a little. Um, ambitious and overly optimistic to assume that they will continue to um, be recovering fumbles at this rate. But these, you know, the two fumbles today, I mean, the third takeaway today was Josh Norman's stupendous interception, which was, you know, 100% him. But, um, you know, these other couple of fumbles, uh, you know, may have, if if they didn't save Joe Barry's job, because I'm not sure his head was quite on the chopping block, I mean, that may be a little bit of, a, of an impulsive fan reaction. But today, during this game, watching Isaiah Crowell just gash the Redskins, mostly up the middle, over and over, and watching Cody Kessler, who's got no business really prospering this year, do, you know, at least in the first half, most of the things he wanted to, especially with Terrell Pryor. I mean, today was the first time this season... That I started to wonder if Joe Barry could potentially, at some point, be an in-season casualty, and um, you know, I—it's it, just—I—I I think that those two fumbles today staved off the beginning of that conversation, really, because they've evened their record. But um, you know, when these when these takeaways dry up, this defense is going to be hurting. Yes, and I was
1: actually thinking the exact same thought about Barry, um, and a couple thoughts on those fumbles. One, I thought it was really, really good analysis by the announcers in the game when they said, "I think it was after our first fumble recovery." They said, "You know, the Redskins really work on that in practice. So they really work on stripping the ball." I was like, "Yeah, that's unique. No, no NFL team works on, work on works on stripping and fumble recoveries." Um, but the second, and the second thing is like that. Those fumbles were deep, uh, especially that first fumble was deep. Yeah. Or was that on like the eight yard line or something? Yeah, it was
0: well, in, it was definitely in the red zone. Yeah. It, that, was, that was a that, um, that play, uh, you know, not to ruin your train of thought, but like as, 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 as like catastrophic as Cousins' interception was, um, you know, had been earlier on as momentum shifting as it had been like that, that Browns fumble there in, in the red zone was almost as debilitating for them. Yes. Yes, I agree. And you did
1: mention uh, the Josh Norman pick. I just have to say as someone who lives in North Carolina, that these first four weeks uh, have not been, they haven't been the greatest, you know, four weeks to be a Redskins fan. I mean, they haven't been the worst, but they haven't been yeah. the greatest. But I'm having a very fun time uh, trolling all the Carolina uh, Panther fans down here who said Josh Norman wasn't any good. Right. Um, the ones who came out of the closet, uh, like they were X's and O's, all 22 experts who said all he could play was zone, and right. he he was he's a scheme, he's a scheme corner, and all this stuff, which which I can't really get into because I don't really know much about defense. I can't really like – I can't tell you what all the coverages are and everything like that. But I'm just having a good time uh, talking <laughs> to all my buddies about – especially when when they're getting torched every weekend.
0: And today uh, I'm sure you saw what Julio Jones did.
1: Yes, 300 yards. I think they gave up 48 points. I, oh. I mean – do the pan are the Panthers not good? I don't I mean, I
0: really understand. I w- well, this would have been a good week to have Hayes chiming in because I, I suspect he would have. You know, Hayes is sort of the resident Panthers expert. Um, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I read a couple little things about them. Um, you know, sort of trying to explain what's going on. It sounds like Cam Newton kind of isn't quite himself so far this season. And and that they're I'm seeing that they're not protecting him real well and that they're not getting as much of a pass rush as they had last year and a lot you know everybody was saying when Norman came and I'm and I often often did too or at least wondered whether you know the Redskins front seven being so so clearly inferior to that of the Panthers if if that was going to you know allow Josh Norman to be exposed or however you want to say it. Um, but you know, I, it sounds like the Panthers, uh, menacing front seven has been a little bit less menacing this year.
1: Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder if, if Cam Newton is not is maybe he's back to usual Cam Newton and last year was just not usual Cam Newton. But anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's more for the red, for the uh, Panthers podcast word.
0: Um, let me throw out a few things I thought about the Redskins offense today. And just to tell me what resonates, and let's rap about that. I thought, you know, clearly the first couple of drives. I mean, jeez, pretty much, pretty much perfect. I mean, Cuz was humming. You know, he hit his first nine or ten passes. Um, everything was working. There was a little, little bit of misdirection. They're running a little play action or, or some, some play action looks. Um, and then, um, and then Cuzo through just, you know, one of the Ugliest, and, and gosh, I keep, I keep, I find myself like stretching to this level of hyperbole almost weekly now on at least one, in, one of his plays, but just a god awful interception. And it makes you wonder how could this guy who was blazing hot throw into triple coverage like that at, at such a backbreaking? Because, I mean, they were, they were, you know, deep w- within their own territory and set the just, you know, just shifted everything. Um, uh, And I think at that point, I guess um, it wasn't, it was 14 seven when he threw that pick, right? Like they had, they'd had gone up 14, that thing. And then the Browns answered and then cousins got his, you know, his chance to kind of, you know, make a rebuttal and then hideous pick just to put the Browns right back in it. And so, I mean, I, I want to, I'm interested to hear what you think. Like, I don't, you know, Cousins really has not had a breakout game this year. He was like pretty bad in the first couple of games and then and then on the road, um, at the Meadowlands, he was kind of like just good enough. And then today he came out and I was like, "Woof. Cousins looks great. You know, he's going to he's just going to be shredding. He's going to put up four bucks and, you know, he, he did end up throwing for three touchdowns. So, good for him, but um you know, and then it's just like, is this him? Like, is he always we're almost always going to have one or two because you know it was it was the interception and later later there was that really critical drive i think in the fourth quarter when they got down if they weren't in the red zone they were i think they were in the red zone and he took a sack and then in like a you know they had another busted play and a penalty and then an incompletion and then and then another horrible sack just demonstrating utter lack of awareness you know and it's like a couple total mind meltdowns per game for him, even when otherwise he's kind of like in the zone. Like, is this, do you think he's ever going to move past it or with him now at, well, however old he is, 27, 28. And has he had enough starting experience that we can expect that this is just what's up.
1: That's, that's really interesting. I wrote down in my notes, I wrote down cause awareness, uh, the, the, I think you hit on the keyword, which is that of awareness, because I think that's, and I don't know, like I, I don't, I don't know if we have an example of someone whose awareness gets better. Like He's does, not. You know, I
0: feel like his turnovers are not like Brett Favre gunslinger type turnovers, which, which you know, fans I think often find a little bit easier to swallow. His turnovers and his mistakes are like it looks like his brain just went on lock. Like you know, like remember the knee he took right, on the right. you know last year against Philly, and it's like. You know, one of the knocks on him is that he's like a little bit robotic and that he can really prosper when things go right. And, you know, he stays within the system and he'll he'll go from one read to the next and he can read the field and, and he can move through his progressions and he's good at that stuff. But when something, you know, when there's like a wrench in the works, like he short circuits. And and I I I do have to wonder, even as as a as as a guy who's been on record as you know a pretty a pretty big cuz defender and supporter, and a guy who was really rooting for them to get a long term deal done. I mean, I, I feel like he he avoided that enough at the end of last year that I I started to believe that it was he was phasing out of it. But now it it just I'm not sure that it's ever going to happen. Yeah, because I
1: mean. There's so many, like you said. There's just so many examples of it, and it keeps cropping up. Even when he made, so he actually made some off schedule plays this game, good which point. is, yeah, which is, which is not typical. He had that the touchdown to Reed,
0: exactly. He he made
1: off schedule, which I thought was really good. But then you had, uh, I, I wrote down the note in my notes about the sack too. I mean, that sack was awful, and so they ended, bad. they ended up they ended up I think scoring on that drive anyway, so it was okay. But right, but, but the uh, but just the lack lack of awareness just, I mean just the the pick in the Dallas game yeah the the clock management not knowing that you had to, to 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 throw it to to stop the clock at the end of the half in the Giants game like I did I think you want your you want your quarterback at least I want my quarterback to be <laughs> the smartest person on the field but also at times I want him to be smarter than the coach and I think right especially with with time management, it's not harder to be smarter than our coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to need it. You're right. I mean, so many coaches are so bad at clock management. Um, But Gruden here in the last couple of weeks, um, most egregiously in both games at the very end of the first half, and including today with, with not calling a timeout, you know, um, when the Browns had the ball and were getting ready to kick a field goal to preserve enough time to, you know, either force them to at least kick off to you or potentially, if if Parky was going to miss it, to give themselves another potential, sc- you know, scoring opportunity.
1: But the, the the thing that's the thing that's funny to me is like it's like you're saying it's like it pops up out of nowhere. Like he's blazing. Yeah. <laughs> he's making all the right decisions. And even even when he even when he was missing throws those first couple games like. If you got kind of to think back to the past quarterbacks that we've had, we've had quarterbacks that wouldn't even have seen those plays to even make those throws. Like, right. yeah. I, I think you know. And again, I'm not looking at all the angles, and I'm sure he's missed open guys this year. But like, he's actually making throws fairly on time, and whether they're accurate enough, it seems like he knows the offense enough to get, to make the right decisions, or he's making the checkdown. So it's like it's like ninety percent of the time he's he's he looks very smart but then that 10% is just so bad
0: there's absolutely no question that he's got ability that that can and must be tapped i mean i, I was I, I retweeted i think earlier in the week this stat if i'm not mistaken that um, among qualifiers having started a certain number of games which he just now barely eclipsed I think he's the all-time leader in yards per game. If I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not butchering that you're passing you're, passing yards you're, per game. You're right. Yeah, uh, ahead people, of Breeze. second. And and yeah. I, you know, I put that out there, and a lot of people are like, "Yeah, well, you know, yards yards is a pretty limited uh, metric of in terms of personal ability." And yeah, I, I get that. It is it's, this is that stat does not mean that he is a good starting quarterback or a franchise-type guy or whatever. But you can't overlook that. I mean, and I realize that it's increasingly a passing league and the stats are sort of skewed, you know, much more towards the present or the contemporary game. But, I mean, the, that's that says something. I mean, he moves the ball. This team moves the ball. And I, I do often have a very difficult time um, differentiating what, you know, what, what he's accomplishing, or what the scheme is sort of helping him accomplish, and I, I don't think he's just riding a good scheme. I don't think that he's, you know, certainly last at, at the at, for most of last year, especially the second half, um, he wasn't just a guy. I mean, he was he was operating this scheme within the scheme at such a high level. Um, that I don't just think Colt McCoy or some other random dude could have been doing the same. But I, I will say that the this, this offense, I mean, they, they've gone and put, you know, much has been said about how many talented pass-catching weapons they've put around him. But um, the offense works. I mean, Jay Gruden, for all his flaws, and Sean McVay, they call a good offense. There are players open, and, um, you know, we do all fans do a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking on, you know, key third downs and goal lines and stuff. I mean, no, he's he, they're definitely not always right. Not even close. But, like, this offense works. It's a well-oiled machine when it's when it's kind of clicking. And even this season, so far as the Redskins overall have not looked that great, they've not had trouble moving the ball. They've had really bad red zone problems until today, which they, you know, temporarily seem to have fixed. I think they were four out of five on touchdowns in the red zone today. Um but but it does make you wonder, like, can you imagine if Cousins really does, you know, if it does click, or if, let's say, he totally bombs out, but they keep the coaching staff intact, and they're able to keep Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson, and then Doxson turns into, like, the receiver he could be, and then Matt Jones pans out. Like, if what if they f- did find a legitimate top-ten quarterback? I think this offense would be just raining points. I I, I think you're right. and But I, I think it's – it's funny you
1: you mentioned you know Cous, cousin's completely bombing out. I I don't see that happening though. Like right. I I I think I think they're going to have to make it. I think uh, you're right.
0: He's got I mean he's got kind of a high floor. I think. I mean I it, right. It's, 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 I, it's, it's I think I think this
1: is his work. I think that, like the past four weeks is probably like he might that might be who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't see him getting necessarily worse than yeah. that
0: though. Yeah. At least not at least not you know with Gruden and McVay. And, and and the and the current cast that he's got. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I I don't it it really seems pretty unlikely to me that he will get worse, you know, from this point forward this year. I agree, but um well, otherwise on offense, you know, two two guys, uh, a couple of things that stuck out to me, um you're going to see a lot of articles all week about Matt Jones and how he broke 100 yards for the first time in you know a million years for the redskins and he really does look good though right i mean he's he's he looks like a different back this year i mean he had a couple uh, a couple really long runs and a couple good games overall last year but these last couple of games he's running hard he's running pretty angry and he seems to not be missing as many holes i think there's reason to hope that maybe he's um he could be a legitimate starting running back
1: I think so. Other than, I worry every time he's in the secondary that he's either going to fumble or he's going to break his leg because yeah. he just hits, hits weird looking.
0: Yeah, he does. There, he has sometimes very weird looking RG three type hits, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he does. But I think, and and this is just me after first reaction, and I haven't I haven't looked, but you know, I, I really thought, especially the first few drives, that, um, and they did. Yeah. I think they did this a lot towards the end of last year. Where and I think they've been pass first all year, but they really they really got those they were really working those four yard hitch routes. Yeah, as as almost their setup, and right. then the and then the run the runs were the 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 kind of off off balance kind of yeah. thing. Yep, exactly. And I think I think that's when the running game can work. I don't think we can. We're not set up to be a traditional running team where where the where we're going to run on first down and then play action. I think. I think we're way more successful operating with that uh, Patriot style, yeah. four-yard chunks as kind of those as kind of those runs, and then using the runs as kind of an off-balance attack.
0: Right, I, I agree, and and it's still I totally totally agree exactly the way you said it. They they don't the Redskins don't need balance. They don't need fifty fifty. They don't even need to be middle of the pack in the NFL. I'm actually totally fine with them having the fewest runs or the fewest percent percentage runs in the NFL, but it's got to be not, not by a mile, you know, like they have to, they have to force other teams to respect it for the, for the sake of the play action. And they also need, they're going to need in close games to salt a few games away. I mean, if they're going to have any chance at the playoffs, they're going to need to carry some leads into the fourth quarter and be able to run, you know, run at the end and kill some clock to win like they you know, really like they did last week. So it's, uh, it's encouraging. And, and by the way, you know, um, with the offensive line injuries that they've had with Laveo out and Lichtensteiger going on IR I certainly don't think losing Lichtensteiger was like some huge loss I mean I've I've been complaining about that guy forever but Yeah um, I, thought you, I thought you had a party <laughs> Spencer Long um you know Spencer Long <laughs> held his own today um which you know I hopefully that that is a sign that that he he could you know be sort of a long-term answer there and then and then I was pretty skeptical that uh, at left guard that Ari Kwanjo would would look good today, but he you know he had, he had, he didn't he wasn't perfect. He had a, at least one holding penalty, but um, overall he did okay. I mean he he, he held he held up his end of the bargain and acquitted himself pretty well, and and allowed that the the, the uh, that inside running game you know, to be effective today. So, very encouraging. I think, you know, I, I hope that Laveo heals up and comes back because he was actually playing really well. And I don't think Kawanjo has now laid his claim to, um, you know, necessarily to the starting job going forward. But if Kawanjo, I mean, if, if Laveo's out, um, you know, that's key. That's key that, that Kawanjo um, maybe is is at least... A placeholder for a little while, I totally skipped over the recent free agent acquisition by the way of uh that that they signed the guy Sullivan, the former viking um, and I, I'm glad that they did, but i don't think anybody would be you know if if Spencer long was able to to hold it down um you know I, I think everybody would, would love for Sullivan to only be needed as a backup i mean that wasn't my expectation I thought that they they would desperately need him to come rescue them but um anyway i for those two guys that's a that's a key part of the offense i think and uh, was, was, I think the Redskins are probably going to be pretty pleased with how they looked. Yeah, no
1: double-clutch false starts for Spencer Long. Oh, so, my gosh. No
0: false starts on a center. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, just actually, avoiding we, that. You're right. Our, just avoiding that was key.
1: Our pre-snap penalties today were actually
0: a lot better. I'd than have to go back and look, but it did feel much improved, didn't it? I didn't. There were yep. not as many things that made me want to just rip my <laughs> own <nose> hairs out. <laughs> Uh, one other guy on offense, well, Jordan Reed, I mean, I almost feel like we don't need to say much. He just was finally, you know, they allowed him to be himself. They actually targeted him in the red zone, and predictably he dominated. So, um, you know, they just they just absolutely need to keep feeding him. Deshaun Jackson, I think they need to, you know, he only had, I think, maybe one reception today, but he had the two long, he drew the two long P.I. calls, and it just seems so obvious to me that you got to get him more deep shots, because... If you know, even if they don't connect, like that pi is just as good, and it happens a lot on him.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a given, and I, I'm glad they at least at least did that got 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 to that twice. Um, what what I what I always wonder about him though is like that drag route with him. It seems like they run it once a game, maybe. Yeah. Um, they didn't. I didn't see it any today, but nobody can cover him when he's dragging across the right. field. Right. Right. And it gets like 25 yards a, a play. So, I mean, I, and, you know, I'm not an X, X and O's expert and I don't know all the schemes and whatnot, but it seems like, I don't know, it seems like he's far underutilized.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, he, he's not he's not a one-trick pony, but they, he really is. I mean, I, you could tell he's in great shape this year. He's in a contract year. He, you know, today he came out and he had, you know, as part of his, his um, civil rights protest was wearing the you know the Ill- illegal cleats and and he had a you know he was using his platform before and after the game to to speak out and I have a feeling he really wanted to show out today and he wanted to score and he probably had something planned for when he scored but they I'm, I mean they you've got Jordan Reed and you can never forget him I think the offense needs to continue to run through him but they are underutilizing. Deshaun Jackson, I agree with you on that, Um, and I think they need to force the issue a little bit. I think with this offense, I have a feeling that they they worry a little bit about keeping people happy and distributing the ball, and and they've they've got each of these guys have their little their little has has his little niche. But to me, it's kind of like make sure Jordan Reed gets targets and make sure Deshaun Jackson gets targets. You just have to. I'm
1: gonna yeah and. I agree with all that. I, I have one more receiver note that I wrote down. Help help me not be stocked down on Pierre Garçon.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of tired. Tell me what what, like, what do you object to?
1: I'm just tired of him being so whiny. I just want to be like Pierre, yeah. dude. You're not that good. Like <laughs> you're just you're just not. I mean, look. I mean, you're you've been a great possession receiver. You you go over the middle. You take big hits. But you drop a lot of balls, and I really don't want to see you talking to my quarterback like it's 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 doomsday after we just scored a touchdown yeah. because because you didn't get the the ball of the play before. Like I, I don't know, I
0: just I, he I'm stuck down. With him he right. does seem a little disgruntled. You know, I think you know as we've as we've said, if if this is going to be a good season, it's going to have to be because the offense becomes very high octane, and if it is to become high octane, um, you know we we somehow when I was um, expounding on the the virtues of Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson, I skipped over Jamison Crowder, who's having a little bit of a breakout sophomore year here, and I mean he 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 certainly is capable of um, uh, of taking a lot of targets too, but I don't know that you know I, I think if this offense is going to be good enough for the Redskins to win nine or ten games, they do need. Deshaun, I mean, uh, Garcon to make some some tough catches to move the change. And they're going to have to keep him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. He's, he seems like he's starting to check out a little bit. And I don't know if it's – I don't really think of him as just this greedy, like all about individual accolades kind of guy. But that comment he made about his 500th reception, right? And, yeah. And how it should have happened so long ago, I assume that's what you were alluding to. It, it did rub me the wrong way a little bit and how he said it should have happened much sooner than it did he if if I think they they really need to keep him dialed in I think they're some of these you know early in the game they 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 tend to try and get him going in the first quarter a little bit and I almost feel like when I see it happening that it's not so much for the overall game plan as it is to just keep him into it and like keep his mouth shut um yeah you know, because because I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, uh... I think they worry about that a little bit but yeah I'm with you I, I don't blame you for being stocked down a little bit um it kind of feels like he's not quite on the same page as as the rest of the offense, but I you know, I think they I think they're gonna need him to make some tough catches if um if they're gonna get where they want to go. Agreed. Uh let's see what else what else from today or just in terms of the season overall should we touch on here, Hancho?
1: Well what about uh one of the great referee calls in Good point. NFL history <laughs> shooting a bow and arrow.
0: Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, uh, you you have to educate me. Was there any is there any uh, legitimate basis for that penalty? I mean, did, did Triplett just completely go rogue and, and like make that up? Was he just in a bad mood? I mean, I'm not I don't understand how or why that's illegal.
1: Well, but the, the funny thing to me was he could have he could have gotten away with it by just saying unsportsmanlike conduct and
0: right.
1: and and probably yeah. there would be some inference that it was the shooting of the Barrett-Bone arrow. But right, yeah, but then calls yeah. it out. I mean, yeah, you're right. If he, you right. If he had just start...
0: been if he had just been generic, then we would have yeah. said we would have said, oh, he must have done something that the camera didn't catch.
1: Right, yeah, but the you, you never see the ref say, uh, uh, you know, 15 yards twerking on Antonio Brown. <laughs> I mean. I mean who who calls out the move? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm glad you brought that up. That, you know, it's a, a 15-yard penalty in the, in this any point in the second half of a closed game is really important. I mean, it, it you know, the Redskins won, so everyone laughs about it, but if if they um, you know, if they I think they after that play uh, after after Norman's interception I mean refresh my memory did they, they that was that happened in Brown's territory and then right. I they think they, up. they I scored think, after that right Yeah they they got it
1: back in like one play I think it was right. the long Matt Jones run I think You're but. right
0: yeah they got it back pretty quickly but I mean if they hadn't you'd really you know if the, if they had gone three and out and had not even been able to kick a field goal you'd be like dang that idiotic penalty Really, changed. and he's done
1: that. He's done that move like at least four other times. Lots of yeah, and,
0: lots of. There's. I was reading that Brandon Cooks does it every time he catches a first down.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, is 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 it different because we're the Native Americans?
0: <laughs> oh, ooh, that's a that's an interesting. Was was triplet on red alert for uh for Native American disparagement? I don't. I don't know. That's a that that would add a, a I mean, different. Uh, Sort of, sort of his own kind of protest kind of thing. Maybe, I don't maybe. know. I don't know. That's a good point, though. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, let's see. On on Norman, you know, he, um, I was, you know, I I was getting trolled a little bit on Twitter in the first half by just some asinine comments about Norman being overrated and uh, you know being a bum and stuff like that because. Terrell Pryor was having a really good game in the first half. I mean, he was pretty much doing what he wanted, uh, no no question. And, and and mo you know, largely at Norman's expense. And I don't. He wasn't you know fully locked up on him every play. I don't think, but certainly right. he was he was shadowing him pretty closely. And um and I said something like you know that I wasn't going to be too hard on Norman at the half because because Pryor you know really has like flowered into. I mean, what do you think? He, he's to me a pretty pretty legit. He's, you know, he's a freak, he's, one. Yeah. he's a freak. And that,
1: on a number of those catches, I can think of two offhand in the first half. I mean, he was blanketed. But the, yeah. the guy's 6'5", 230. Right,
0: right. And so, yeah, I mean, you don't want to make excuses for the highest-paid you know, cornerback in the NFL. But, you know, for him to have given up it wasn't like he was getting smoked. I think Pryor had forty some yards in the first half. He did catch four out of five or maybe all four of his targets or whatever. But anyway, Norman Norman, as he said after the game, I forget what was his words, that he went he went to a dark place or something. You know how he does this thing with his, <laughs> his characters and his Batman and whatever. And um but but yeah, I mean he came out and he really did pretty much lock Pryor down after that. I think he may have only had one other catch in the second half. And then he had that totally sick, basically game-sealing interception. So, to everyone who was tweeting me about Norman being overrated or something, I mean, just miss me with that. Because I was, was, I was a little skeptical that that signing was, was going to deliver the sort of dividends that, that Scott McLuhan expected. But to me, he's been fully as advertised. I think... If fully. not the best, yeah, I mean, if if not the best, definitely one of the couple best players on the team. He's had huge impact on every game, um,
1: and you can't say it's the defensive around him this year. I mean, that that dude yeah, is on an no, Yeah,
0: he's like carrying it. I mean, he's forcing fumbles, he's picking off passes, he's, you know, I think, mentally, you know, really kind of um, getting key players on on the opposing teams sort of off their game. I, I, he has been. Much better than I expected. And I don't know that anybody could have necessarily been fully worth the money he got, but he is a good player and, and the criticisms were just dumb. I'm in agreement with you there. What do you um what do you think? Here we are, two and two, quarter of the season's down. How how has this team um you know matched matched or or, or or failed to match your expectations for the year and what should we expect going forward?
1: Well, uh, if if you, I actually went and scored each game before the year, and they actually, I had them losing the first two. I mean, I didn't know that you know Romo was going to be out or whatever, but mm-hmm. I thought they'd lose the first two, and I thought they'd win the next two. So for they're right on my expectations. They look worse though than I thought yeah. they would overall. <laughs> um, so and I, and I, I had them, I have them eight and eight this year. So yeah. I, I, I think that's there. But I, I kind of wanted to get your, I kind of wanted to get the. Burgundy blog official hot take on the importance of this Ravens game. Hmm, yeah, on a scale of like one to super important, like how important is this game? Because from from the honcho perspective, this game is giant, okay. and it might just
0: be because I'm. That's just me. I being no, go with that. Go explain, and then I'll and then I'll, I'll I will uh, respond. Because
1: I think the the Ravens. I wish they had won today because they, they but they lost in the last second I think to Oakland. Um, so I think they're three and one, but I don't think they're very good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I don't think it's like we'd be beating a, a great team. But I think uh, you look at the the schedule ahead. Um, you look at the number of road games ahead. I don't think we've, I've ever seen a season where we played this many home games um, to start. I know we go to the Ravens, but then we're back at home next week. Yeah. Or the week after, um, but I, I don't know. I just have this feeling. I think I think we have to win next week if we're going to make the playoffs. I think if because that gets, gets us a little ahead of the eight ball instead of behind. Um, I don't know. I um. I, I don't have I a great reason. I'm just. I, Honcho says it's huge.
0: Well, okay. I my my take is pretty lukewarm on this. I I'm I'm not um, you know. They're all they're all huge, yada yada. I think I think that that both of the last two games were huge. I think dropping to zero and three would have been almost a death knell. I think losing at home to this awful Browns team could have potentially caused things to spiral out of control. Now having reached five hundred, um, facing the Ravens, an AFC opponent. I I yeah you know, I'm I'm not quite on your level I I think I think it would be a, a a great win but I I don't think that it's super key um I I do think that it's probably I mean the the the, the way you know the way in which maybe it is important is that because I agree with you that they're not a strong three in one team and that um, a lot of their hardest opponents are still to come here in the in the next. Um, well, in the second half of the year and, and upcoming. So you you might need to steal a win against every beatable team that you can. So in that sense, it's important. But being at 2-3, and three, even though I think the NFC as of this moment is a surprising 10-4, and four, um, I, I think 2-3 and three is recoverable. So this is, you know, I guess what I'm driving at is it's miles away from some sort of code red game. Um, I think today was, last week was a must-have, and today was, Pretty close to a must-have tomorrow. I mean, next week if they lose, um, I won't jump off a bridge. I think I think they they can win it, and um, you know, clearly it, it's it would help. Uh, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's mandatory.
1: So you're talking
0: logically with with sound <laughs> facts. I'm just giving you pure feel. <laughs> well, I like what you bring to the table, <laughs> Um I thought these this year's Redskins were going to be nine and seven. Uh, Here they are two and two can't say that they're, you know, too far off from, from what I expected in, in one direction or another, but I absolutely agree with the phrase that you use, which is that they, they just look, they do look a little bit worse. And it's mainly, you know, they had this problem stopping the run last year. Everybody sort of knew that they, that they needed to do something about it. The Redskins unfortunately didn't get that memo and they just didn't. They didn't. They didn't address the problem. And I, you know, this isn't like a hindsight is twenty twenty sort of, um, you know, observation. This was like me and everybody else tweeting and writing and saying all summer that they didn't really do. it. I mean, what's what's our answer here to this big problem? Ziggy Hood, uh, you know, Ked Golston is he gonna find the fountain of youth and all of a sudden at age thirty three become far better than he ever was even as a younger man? I mean, <laughs> like. Everyone knew it was going to be a problem, and it is. And boy, like it really is. I mean, Isaiah Crowell's a good player, but he just was running through that front seven like a hot knife through butter, and it's not going away. And if they can't continue to force and recover fumbles, um, you know, it's I, I just it's hard to see a team with that fatal flaw, you know what I what I think is probably a fatal flaw, making the postseason, and it's why you know, Joe Barry's very employment could potentially come into play, but um, there, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I think the offense is, is just kind of barely getting it done right now and they could potentially improve, but I I don't see this defense getting a lot better because they just don't have the horses for it. So, um,
1: last, last year, I know, I know we struggled with the run, run defense last year and I I completely agree with you. We did, we did nothing except for depend on junior Galette and his right. Classy Achilles. (laughs) but, but we weren't this bad on third down, right? No. I mean, that no. I mean our our if third you, down. If it's I'm third and nine, it might as well be first and ten. You're right.
0: I, mean, I it's it's uncanny. I mean, the, you're you're absolutely right. They're totally inept on third and short and third and long. I mean, some of these conversions that they're giving up to you know to to, to rookie quarterbacks, no less. Um, it's I, I mean, it's really it's embarrassing. Uh, the third down inadequacy. Um, I don't know. That's got to change. And, it, you know, and they they had been so bad in the red zone on offense and they kind of fixed it today. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they can summon all their every resource and get it together and, and start making some key stops on third down. But I'm with you. That's another reason that, um, that I think it's going to be important to temper expectations. I I, well, I guess I, when they come down the home stretch here in December, I'm expecting that we should still have competitive, meaningful football. Um, but I do have some pretty serious concerns about the Redskins postseason legitimacy this year. So I guess we'll see. I say we wrap it, buddy. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, man. Enjoyed having you, my pal, Mike Honcho on Twitter. Again, peeps, give him a look at double shift. Eight, He's a smart guy and a funny guy. And, Check me out too. Burgundy Blog. Burgundyblog.com. Listen to the podcast. Pete me on Twitter at Burgundy Blog. Hopefully, next week, I'll get my man Hayes Permar from Sports Channel 8 back in the fray, and um, we'll, uh, we'll get back on the horse with the Burgundy Blogcast. But thanks, everyone, for listening, and see you on the flip side.